If you would join me in prayer, I'd like to ask God's hand upon our time as we we hear from Him this morning through His Spirit and His Word. Father, it's so good to be together once again, to consider that You've brought us through all of the challenges and uh, the highs and the lows, the the good days and and the hard days of this past week. We think of all of the stories in this room, all of the joy and the pain. You know it all perfectly. And so we come, Lord, all of us, to worship and listen to your word and and tuck under it and and celebrate it in our lives. Lord, make us doers of the word, not just hearers, we pray today. I pray that your word would be to us a treasure, that as we hear it and, and see it and find it, we would lay hold of it and then live it by your power and your grace. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who is here in our midst ministering already, tilling the the soil of the soul and softening hearts, preparing to accomplish what only he can as I speak. Lord, we glorify you in this and we open our hearts to receive from you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to begin by asking the question, what is wisdom? What is wisdom? It's a, a difficult question to answer. There's, there's a lot of definitions that are given. I remember as a young man, uh, someone answered this, and they said, wisdom is knowledge applied. I thought that was easy, right? That's just, that's just a short, concise definition. That was helpful for me as a young man, and it continues to be true, but I think there's even more to be said about building out wisdom. And sometimes when you come to these definitions, like what is beauty? Or what is goodness? You're forced to go back to the source to really understand a true definition. So who is the source of wisdom? Who is the fountain of all wisdom? God is. So what is wisdom as we think about God? God's all-wise wisdom. What, What would we say? This is what Wayne Grudem defines the wisdom of God as. He said it's God's perfect wisdom means that he always chooses the best goals. So the best goals over here. And he he chooses the best means to accomplish those goals. So the path, every way along the way to get to where he decides it should be. The best goals and the best means to accomplish those goals. And we know that God does all that he does for his glory. And so He's going to do uh, both the choosing of the end and the means in a way that brings him the most glory every time. And only a sovereign God can, can do this. God says in Isaiah, I have decreed of old what I will bring to pass. I have said it and I will do it. It will be because I have chosen that it be. He chooses the end, that's the all-wise end, and the means, then the path to get To that end, that is his all-wise plan. And it's functioning right now in your life. It's functioning in the work of this church as we seek to build the kingdom of God both locally and globally. We're in the middle of it. We live in the story of redemption. It's, it's, It's the same story we read in here. Same God at work. If that's what God's wisdom is, what is wisdom for us? Godly wisdom or true wisdom would be that we would choose that which would be God's will. That His goal 
for our lives. What is it, Lord, that you want for me? What is your best good for me and, and your all-wise plan for me? I want that, and I tuck under it and receive it from you. And then how do I get there in a way that honors and glorifies you most? And when we say the word best, I think maybe for us it might be better to say righteous or right. The most true and righteous goal and the most faithful and righteous path to that goal. That is what wisdom entails for us. Sometimes we find it helpful to understand something by looking at what it's not, looking at the opposite, right? So a lot of times in the scripture, you'll see the, the way of the wise in contrast then with the way of the world or what we'll see today, the, the way of folly. It gives clarity. This is what it is and this is what it's not. So don't pursue this. Yes, pursue this. Let's consider another definition by John Frame, uh, just a renowned theologian. He says this, God's wisdom is the source of his words and laws. It is the source and standard for all of the world's knowledge and skills. Isn't that amazing? Just had a great little chat with our kids as we prepare to launch into school again. If it's true in mathematics, who does it glorify? Not the teacher of mathematics. If it ends there, it terminates here, and it's just wimpy. But true mathematics glorify the Lord. If it's true in the field of science, in the field of engineering, whatever field you study, if it's true there, it's God's. It's His wisdom in play, and it's His glory on display. For godly living, He is the source and standard. For the way of salvation in Christ, God is the source and standard. This wisdom that leads us to Jesus is God's wisdom. And by sending it out, God intends that his truth and wisdom would lead us back to him, our exceeding joy. And so when I considered, as I just mused upon wisdom this week, is that wisdom is always moving us somewhere. It's not an end in itself. Wisdom is a path that leads us where? To God. True wisdom, a, a serious pursuit of God-honoring wisdom will lead us to the fountain of that wisdom, God himself. And that is my longing for all of us today, that we would together grow in that and, and see him more clearly and love him more fully. And in that, be more wise with what we see and what we know. So two ways to walk. Two ways to walk. We're going to do something a little different today. I want to be in Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 22, but I want to sandwich it together with Proverbs chapter 9. It's a very fascinating coming together of two chapters that King Solomon wrote in great wisdom, and I want to see those kind of work together today for our benefit. So let's begin in chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, and I'll just kind of read through these verses as we go. I titled this section, The Worth of Wisdom. Listen to King Solomon as he addresses his sons. And he's, he's right here, he's addressing all of us as well. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver, and search for it as hidden treasures, then 
you will understand what? The fear of the Lord. You see the, the, the journey and the destination. You see the, the realization. The, the pursuit of wisdom is the pursuit of God. You will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. A few things to just observe here in these, these words that King Solomon uses. No throwaway words here. Receive them. Treasure them up. Listen. Incline your ear. Listen closely. Engage them with focus and attentiveness. Not just to hear them with your mind, but with your heart. Incline your heart. So, don't just know them. Love them. Oh, the difference between those two is huge. You can know all there is to know about God, but not love Him for who He is. Incline your heart to delight in them. Call out loudly and seek diligently. And then look at some of the descriptors of these, these words of wisdom. The, they, they come in words, right? They come with commandments, which many times in our day, you don't see a lot of people longing to find more rules or commandments to follow. A wise man, a wise woman will say, Lord, like the psalmist in Psalm 119, I delight in your law. I love your commandments. They are my delight. Wisdom, understanding, insight, discernment. They are more precious than silver. Search for them like you would search for silver or, uh, or hidden treasure. What does that mean? That means we have to work a little, doesn't it? That means that there's, there's some work in it for us. If you've ever watched panning for gold or the amount of work that goes into trying to dig gold out of the ground. It's unbelievable. Imagine going up to the mountains, looking for gold and finding gold. He says, you know what's way more valuable to you than that? God's Word. It's like a treasure, a hidden treasure. Hmm. What is the goal of this work? What is the goal of our search, of our diligent in inclining our hearts and our minds to this, this, this wisdom? It is that we would fear the Lord and know Him, understand Him more, delight in Him. The greatest thing that God can give us is Himself. It's the greatest gift He has ever given anybody is Himself, and He knows that. Far more than gold or riches or your best life now on this fading little planet. No, God delights to give you himself forever. Your best life to come, now in part, and then forever. So application, friends, prize wisdom. Prize wisdom. Jot that down. Write that in. Just, just ingrain that into your habits of daily living. What do you prize most in this life? Incline wisdom to be the greatest treasure, greater than gold or silver. Make it the pursuit of your life. Prize it. Now, the source of wisdom, chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. 
guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Yeah, this is awesome. So as we gather today, God is, is in this disposition toward us. As we seek him, he loves to be found. He loves when he is sought in this way. He loves to be the treasure discovered and valued and prized. He stores up wisdom for the upright. Reminds me of what Paul just crescendoed into in Romans 11. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and how inscrutable His ways. God is the fountainhead of all wisdom. There is no end to His all-wise display. It's, it's everywhere. And He calls us to delight in that. Part of what it means to glorify God is to see Him for who He is, all wise and all glorious. I'm reminded of James when James writes to believers and he says, listen, if you lack wisdom, here's what you should do. Pray. Ask your Father who, who, who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to Him. Now you need to ask in faith, he says, but ask, and, and God is not going to say, oh man, are you here again? Seriously? You haven't learned this lesson yet? You're such a moron. I've taught you 10,000 times, and here you are asking me. That's reproach, right? The Father is not like that. He says, come, come. I love to give wisdom. I'll just pour it out, but ask me. Seek me, and you will find. Application point two then. So number one, prize wisdom. Number two, pray for wisdom. Go to the Father, the all-wise God. Pray, Lord, make me wise in your way. Make me wise according to your greatness and glory. Teach me to fear you, to love your commandments. I want to walk in your way. Now, uh, the next point, the blessings of wisdom. They are many. Verse 9, then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity and every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. Let's just pause there and consider these, these, all these different ways the Lord is choosing to, to bless. These are the, the benefits of wisdom. Righteousness, justice, equity, choosing good paths, having discretion, understanding, and having all of these things be pleasant to your soul. It's a promise of God. How is it that we find these treasures? When we pray to the Father, Lord, make me wise according to who you are. How does he answer that prayer? Through osmosis? He gives us His Word. He gives us His Spirit. And He says, eat up. Here, is, here it is. It's written for you. It's delivered for you. It's preserved for you. It's brought down through the ages. This is my Word. Incline your heart. Incline your ear. God's wisdom is found in God's Word and brought to life in us through His Spirit. 
And that prayer is answered again and again. Make me wise according to your word, O Lord. I see you there. What does that mean for us then? It means that we are students of the word. You read that book, amen. Keep reading. I've talked to people at points along the way, and they're like, yeah, the Bible, I read that once. And I I totally get that, because you read books. I don't like reading books or watching movies more than once. If I've seen it, I've seen it. I know it's going to happen. It doesn't matter if it's 10 years from now. I still know it's going to happen. It's there. Other people, I, I, I wish it was more like this. You can watch the movie again and again. My wife rented the same movie from Redbox four times in a row, brought it home. Hey, Jerry, I found a good movie. I'm like, babe, we've seen that three times now. It's so hilarious. I wish I could just erase it and enjoy it again anew. The Bible is not like that. It is a book that is a, 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 an, a bottomless well of joy to be explored and, and discovered. You can read through a book, uh, a chapter, and you can read it ten times and fi- find new things every single time. It's the work of the Spirit. The words live. They're, they're alive. Hmm. Reminds me of what Paul told Timothy. As for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned. That, there's, there's the ongoing nature of it, right? Don't stop or say, I read it. Continue in it. And what you've learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you've been acquainted with what? The sacred writings. This is the word of God that Timothy had. Which are able to make you wise for salvation in Jesus Christ through faith. And then he goes on to just, just exalt what those sacred writings are. They are the Scripture. It's all Scripture. It's, it gets the breath of God. It's His Word. It's breathed out by God and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. What is the effect of all of those in our lives? Wisdom. The, the man of God may be competent or telios, complete, wise, Equipped for every good work. There is another benefit. Not only does it meet us with all of these glorious things, it delivers us from darkness. There is a delivering aspect of wisdom. Verse 12. Delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech, who forsake paths of uprightness to walk in ways of darkness who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways so you will be delivered from the forbidden woman from the adulteress with her smooth words who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her god for her house sinks down to death and her paths to the departed And none who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. Just consider this this warning. These are words for the wise. It's a call of light to, to, to contrast. This is what the dark is. Stay walking in the light. Stay on the straight path. Stay on the narrow road. Look at some of these descriptors. Perverted speech. Ways of darkness, rejoicing in evil, not just living in evil or doing evil, but glorifying evil, rejoicing in it. 
taking delight in that which is perverse or delighting in perversions. Do we not live in a day that is defined increasingly by that? Mainstream, normal life, promoted. That's tolerance, right? Crooked paths, not straight paths. Devious ways. Adultery, seductive words, forsaking spouse, forgetting God. A house of death. The path of the departed. I just want to point out who's writing these words. These are words that God is bringing to us through a man who asked for wisdom from God and was known as the wisest man on earth. And he's calling us to this. He's calling us and, and, and putting on our radar a warning. The way of the world, friends. It is the current of our day. It is the tide that pushes against your soul every day. It's on your phone. It's on your TV. It's in your mailbox. It's at work. It's at home. It's everywhere. We're completely immersed in a culture of sin. This describes well, there's nothing new under the sun. Hmm. So stand. Don't be carried along. Stop drifting along with the current and the tide of culture and stand. Find the narrow road and walk the path of life, the straight path in the fear of the Lord. It is normal to move in and live together before you're married, but not so for the believer. Not so. That is not the best way. Wisdom calls us and says, stand out, be different. Don't follow the current of the world. Create the normal according to the wisdom of God. It's possible. Normal. What is on the line? Well, eternal blessing. The blessings of wisdom or the short-lived mirage of worldliness. We've all been there, haven't we? We've all played the fool. We've all fallen prey to the sales pitch, right, of the, of the world. Just dive into this pool. It's refreshing, cool water. You will be so satisfied. And you jump, and you come up choking on sand, saying, what happened to the water? And the world laughs, and the enemy laughs even harder. Ha! There was nothing there. It was just a mirage. And you fell for it. And the guilt and the shame... And the hollow reward is just fleeting. Gone. Never is that the case with the fear of the Lord. When He calls you to the fountain of delight, He delivers on His promise. You will be satisfied. This water is good. It is sweet. It is come and drink. Come and drink. Oh, friends, I just pray that we would increasingly stand out in a day of compromise and confusion and increasing just dissatisfaction with the promises of worldliness. That we would find right righteousness, true wisdom and holiness to be the joy that satisfies our hearts. So, prize wisdom. Pray to the Lord to bring wisdom to you. 
and that his word would live and his spirit would apply those words to be lived and, and treasured and then pursue, pursue wisdom. Be relentless in your pursuit. Let's just build this out, right? What does this look like on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? This is every day, friends. Dig deep, crave, read, listen, focus, think, discuss. Call someone, hey, I read this verse. Let's talk about it. This, this, this is, I, I, like, I'm missing it. What am I missing? Help me with this. I love when people do that. Call me. I love to help point the way of wisdom out. Get a study Bible. If you don't have a study Bible, this is tremendously helpful with some, some helps along the way that you can look down and, oh, that's what that means. Okay, keep reading. Ponder, learn, apply, submit, obey, muse, delight, glorify God, desire more, grow in wisdom, then do it over again and again and again. This is, this is the pursuit of wisdom. It, you, don't, you don't attain it. You're, you're moving toward God. And we will be face to face with Him someday. And until that day, until we meet Him in glory, this is our joy. This is our goal. This is our pursuit. Take every opportunity to sit under God's Word. We try hard and we work hard at this church to provide that as many opportunities as you can. You might not be able to accommodate every opportunity. Maybe you shouldn't even take every opportunity at this church or you'd be too busy. But find as many different ways as you can to sit under the Word of God and pursue wisdom with all your heart. Now, the invitation of wisdom, chapter 9. What an amazing chapter this is. King Solomon takes and he personifies wisdom and folly as two women, two different women. And so I'm calling you now. You've got to choose between two women, guys. You've got to choose. Here is the invitation of Lady Wisdom. Now listen to her words. Solomon describes, verse 1, Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine. She has uh, also set her table. So these are all displays of, of work, preparation. She's ready for you. There's no lack here. She's, she's worked hard. Everything's in place. And then what does she do? She sent out her young women to call from the highest places in town. What is the call? Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine that I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. What an invitation that is. What an amazing invitation. Come, come and eat this. I've prepared for you a feast. It's good food. You're starving, clearly. We all need this. Come to the feast. And then she goes on. Uh, King Solomon says this, Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse, and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer, or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. Now, what does this have to do with the call, the invitation? I think this is a, an example of, of that decision. You have to decide what kind of person are you going to be when you hear the call of wisdom. 
You're going to be a scoffer. Oh, right. I mean, that book, that's old, man. This is, we're, we're, we've moved way beyond that. This is nowadays, right? How can that benefit me? Scoff, scoff, scoff. Or passivity. Just, yeah, whatever. Been there, done that. I tried it once. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me your days will be multiplied and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. That's a warning. So the call is we have to make a decision. Every time the Lord calls to us His wisdom, whether it be in a sermon, in a book that you're reading, in devotions, the, the work of God landing in your heart, you hear Him through His Word and His Spirit, you have a choice. Will you be the wise man who receives joyfully the reproof of God, the correction, the commandments, the insights, the wisdom, and love Him all the more? Or will you scoff and walk away? Hmm. These are real choices and they carry real consequences. Here's the amazing thing about wisdom. The bulk of the wisdom of God is realized in your life on just normal days, just ordinary moments, every day. A thousand decisions in one day that either show the wisdom and fear of the, of the Lord or the scoffer, the way of the world. God's wisdom is unbelievably practical. It just, it's every day. What are you going to choose? You're going to do this? You're going to do this? Lord, help me. Make a wise choice. What would you have me do? Just a quick prayer. Teach me. Prepare me for this day in your word. Put a, put a song in my heart. Set before me a place in my life that I need to grow. And then let's go. Let's work on it. Hmm. Wisely choose, you must. For all you Star Wars fans, wisely choose you must. That's, it's, it's like wisdom is calling us to this. Listen, you alone will bear it. The consequences are real and they can last generations. What will you choose? Now, the invitation of folly, it's altogether different. The woman folly, verse 13, she is loud. Uh, she is seductive. And she is naive. She knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes her seat on the high places of the town. Very similar to Lady Wisdom, right? Listen to her invitation. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense. That's the same words. That's the same sound. No surprise. Our enemy is an angel of light. He masquerades as something good. He, he promises that which he can never deliver, but the sound is, is many times appealing. And so we call for discernment. Listen to what she says. Verse 17, stolen water is sweet. Hey, come here, come here. Stolen water is sweet. And bread eaten in secret, oh, it's pleasant. No one will know. Come here, just come here. Just give me one 
Just, just one bite. That's all, right? Taste this bread. But he, the passerby, he does not know that the dead are there. That bread is dead bread. Her guests are in the depths of Sheol, the depths of hell. Do not go near her house. Come eat at this table. How sweet is stolen water? Friends, we have all fallen for this lie in different ways because we're all sinners. We have all played the fool. We are fickle-hearted folly followers. We have bought the lie at points along the way. Even those who know Jesus as Savior and Lord in a satisfaction and joy, we, we know what He calls us to and still we're prone to wander. Does stolen water stay sweet for very long? Does bread eaten in secret stay in secret? Does it satisfy your soul? Or does it leave you empty and craving? Here's the call from Proverbs 6. The commandment is a lamp and teaching a light. And the reproofs of discipline are the way of life to preserve you from, listen to King Solomon now, to preserve you from the evil woman. From the smooth tongue of the adulteress. This might be the most important call, especially men. Listen now. Do not desire her beauty in your heart. Don't do it. Don't let her capture you with her eyelashes. Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? Or can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? He who commits adultery lacks sense. He who does it destroys himself. This meets us with statistics that are off the charts both outside and inside the church. Pornography is on a rampant run in our day. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Technology has uh, given access to evil and a seductress woman, and she's always whispering the same lie. Come, eat at this table. Just, just a look. Just linger here. I'll make it all better. Men and women, do not desire that in your heart. Don't do it. It's death, and its victims are many. Some of the most horrific counseling situations I have dealt with in pastoral ministry are those who have just wandered to her house and bought the lie and sat at the table and began to feast, and then depravity upon depravity, families destroyed, jobs lost, ruin and misery. Listen to the warning of wisdom. Don't go near her door. Find someone. Bring them alongside. I want to walk in purity. I want to walk on the road of wisdom. Straight, light, true, life, freedom and joy. Let's be a church that rings out both together and when we are alone. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 8. Nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest. Nor is 
anything secret that will not be known and come to light. We will all give an account. We will all give an account. There is no secret. We all live our lives before the face of God and all will be made known. So what do you want on that day? Friends, there is nothing there. Burn a bigger fire of joy in God. You fight fire, this fleeting little flame just snuffs out. Build a bonfire of joy in God and you will look at that and say, what what appeal does that have? That's death. This is life. This is joy. So, let that be a call. Be pure in your relationships. Do not live together unless you have the vow, right? Do not engage sexually in a way that invites wrath from God, not blessing. Run as far from sin as possible because, friends, that is life and light and joy and blessing. It's the best way to live even though it's not normal in our day. It has to be said. For some of you, this is going to step on your toes. Invite it as love and be wiser all the more. Which woman will you listen to? Which voice will find a home in your heart? What treasure will ring out when you're all alone? May it be the Lord and the fear of the Lord walking in His ways. So a final call to this path, Proverbs 8. Now, sons, King Solomon says, listen to me. Happy are those who keep the way of wisdom. Happy. You you want satisfaction? You want joy? You want total soul-level delight? Walk in His way. Keep the way of wisdom. Hear instruction and be wise. Don't neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to wisdom, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. And all who hate me, wisdom, love death. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy And that is what he is doing every day all around us. We have a choice to make. We have a real choice. And it's every day. It's every moment of every day. What kind of path will we choose to walk in? I can't help but think of my past, my story. I wish I could stand up here and say that every single time I chose the straight path. But I can't. My story is riddled with sin. Just as you are. We are are a sin-riddled people. We have chosen to eat at the table of poison and death far too many times. And the call of wisdom beckons again. Come and live. Come choose. Come obey. Come come live and, and, and enjoy. How do we do that, though? How do sinners turn from a path that we've been walking? Do we have what we need to do this? Can can we do this on our own? Can we just decide, you know what, today I am going to stop 
living this way. I'm just going to just turn and, and, and change everything. I'm going to self-help it up. I can fix me. Here's the reality. The wisdom of the word says you don't have what you need to fix you. But there is one who does. Jesus said this. I love this line in Luke 11. He says to the crowd, something greater than Solomon is here. He's talking about himself. This is Jesus. So Solomon spoke about the wisdom of God. And this is the wisdom of God. He spoke about it. Jesus is the wisdom of God. He is the wisdom of God. And so we all come together. We all, we all come from the same playing field. We all come totally in need. We, in, we, we all need a Savior. And we can't play the Savior. We are in desperate need of hope and life and forgiveness and joy and satisfaction. And Jesus meets us all right in the same place and He says this, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. It's, it's me. I can save you. I can help you. I will change you. I will set your feet on the path of life. Come and trust me. Come and follow me. Come obey me. Come submit your life to me. It's not just enough to say, Lord, I believe you, and then I continue walking in the dark, totally opposed to everything that Jesus has commanded. That's not love. Here's what love is. I see the path. It's dark. I've been stumbling around in the room. I can't see. I, I'm tripping all over myself. And all of a sudden, Jesus turns the light on. And you see, and you're like, there's nothing here. This is just sand. What have I been doing? Here's what you do. Turn. Turn. And come to Him. And submit your life to Him and, and, and trust Him to be the payment for all of your sins and offenses and folly. And, and then teach, teach me, Lord, how to live. I submit all things in my life to You. My relationships, my purity, my joys, my dreams. My life is Yours. That's what salvation is. And the offer is to all. If you thirst, come. Come and find satisfaction in Jesus. What will you choose today? Let's make a choice. I pray in this room, right, right here, right now, all of us, I pray that there would not even be one who would laugh off the wisdom of God. Scoff, turn, and continue in the dark. I pray that God would show such powerful grace in this place right now that there would not be one person who would walk out of here the same as when they came. The goal of wisdom is God. And He is there waiting. So, if you're here and Jesus is not Savior and Lord of your life, if you're living for you above, above His call, then submit, tuck in, and joyfully come to Him as Savior and Lord and let Him take your life and, and lead you on. And if you're living for Him, then live for Him today.
If he is Lord and Savior, then let him rightly address you in wisdom and call you out of the dark in all of the ways that he has landed already in a thousand different ways. I couldn't even begin to do the, what, what the work of the Spirit of God has done already here. Don't walk away and miss the opportunity to obey. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for being a God of grace and love, a God of grace and love and, and mercy, uh, who, who is so patient with us. You, you know our frailty. You know our fickle hearts. You know our weakness. You know our, our, our propensity to wander, and, and you know the difficulties of living in this fallen and broken world. And yet, Lord, you know what is right and best and good and true for us. And you come and you confront head-on decision that we have made, choices that we are living in, even today as we have woken up, maybe inviting discipline from you instead of blessing. I pray, oh God, that you would accomplish your refining work in our lives today. Make us more obedient, more holy, more right and righteous as we walk and long to walk even more in the path of light and life. Father, thank you for sending Jesus because apart from him, we would be lost. None of us could stand before your holiness. I pray that we would all grow in our love. Lord, address the scoffer now. Address those who would make light of your word and show them grace. Soften hearts. Bring us where you want to bring us as we walk this road. Bring us to you. In Jesus' name, amen.